0: Well, welcome back to week two of The One. The One is the title of our Christmas series, helping us to focus on the one person, the one reason, the one true meaning of Christmas. And I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking this week of other ways that we use that phrase, The One, uh, around Christmas. When you were younger, it might have been, or probably was, the, the one gift that you were hoping to get you know, that one gift that, that just created all the anticipation and kept you up the night before Christmas and all of that. Then it might have changed over to being, you know, the one person that you were hoping would, would ask you to the Christmas formal or the one person you were hoping wouldn't ask you to the Christmas formal and you ended up marrying that person. <laughs> They're here right now beside you. Uh, it could be the annual hunt for the perfect Christmas tree. A uh, little, little Moncton Wesleyan pole. How many of you are artificial? Where are you, artificials? All right. <coughs> real? Real? Ben, if it keeps doing that, we're going to go to a handheld, and we're going to sacrifice this thing at the altar. <laughs> You're saying go now, aren't you? Yeah, it's a dog. All right, here we go. One, two, there. We'll get this over with early on, and then uh, we won't have any other complications for the rest. Okay, so artificial and, and real uh, tree. Artificial's great. Every year, I go to the basement, and I say, yep, that's the one. <laughs> there it is. That tree's perfect, y'all. <laughs> Some of you still enjoy, though, going out into the woods like the hunt for the one, right? trying to cut it down with a dull saw that you haven't used since last year, tying it to the roof of your car, scratching your car like it was mauled by a bobcat, having the tree fall off your car because you're not very good at tying knots. That would be me. Getting it home and realizing it's too wide to go through the door of your house. And then the trunk is too wide to fit in the the tree base, the stand that you have. Oh, the trunk's always too wide. You're, you know, you're, you're, chiseling off the bottom, trying to make this this thing fit. It's got bare spots that you didn't notice out in the woods. It looked perfect out in the woods. So you got it in your living room, right? And then it keeps falling over because it's not straight. So you make holes in your wall to tie up this tree. Oh, holes. A lot of people have done that. I can tell. You're like, oh, yeah. Holes in the wall to hold up the tree. It's great fun, isn't it? A Christmas can have a lot of pressure if you're... Uh, if you're trying to find the perfect gift for someone, you're on the hunt for that that one, the one perfect gift for someone. And let's face it, we're we're just getting harder and harder to buy for. <coughs> service, service. Sorry, excuse me. Get that out. <coughs> and it gets worse and worse every year because we're getting harder and harder to buy for. Because you know, what do we really need? And if you buy somebody something that's, like, really, really practical, then they feel like, well, you didn't put a whole lot of thought. You didn't go on to search for the one. Like, when you think about it, we should be buying each other groceries. Like, here's a gift card to NB Power. <laughs> right? You get that and you think, now there's a smart gift. Like, I I can use that. That's actually, that's helpful, but we don't do that. So the pressure's on to find the one that they'll appreciate It'll surprise them, and it at least appears useful for a couple of days, right? Um, but if you, if you dig through all the wrapping paper, all the lights, all the trees, all the, all the Santas, and all the, all the other stuff that we've pushed up in front of the manger, if you lug all that stuff off to the landfill and you peel back Christmas to its roots, you'll find the one. You'll find the one. He's there. So let's read the story over again this morning. It never gets old. And actually, we're going to begin with Isaiah, uh, who wrote these words um, around 700 years before Jesus was born. And after we read Isaiah, we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 1 and read verses 18 to 25. But uh, Isaiah says this. He says, he says uh, in chapter 7, verse 14. Let's get it up here. He says, all right, then... Um, Let me just pause here for a second. All right, then can be translated uh, with one word, the word fine, said with attitude. Fine. Like when he says, all right, then, uh, he's like, okay, fine. And then he he says this. He says, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now jump to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 18 to 25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph... Son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Isaiah. Verse 23, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relationships with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Everything uh, comes in twos in this text. There are two acts of God, two people of God, two names for God, two attributes of God, and two outcomes for God. And all, all of these things happen in these few verses in the first chapter of Matthew. Mary and Joseph are a young, uh, young couple from a small village called Nazareth. I've been to uh, Nazareth several times. We had a group from our church there. This is last June. We're going to go again. Probably in the spring of 2016, we'll go again. So you can, you can start putting your, your uh, change away to go to Israel. Maybe more than change, but we'll get you there. And... Uh, Nazareth was a a small, tiny, tiny village of maybe a few hundred people. Now it's a bustling, growing city of several thousand people with new development all over the place. It's really really a cool spot. And archaeologists are constantly digging up and unearthing the past in Israel. And the things that archaeologists are finding now, today, in Israel, always shed light on Scripture. It, it, just, it helps us to understand Scripture. It doesn't contradict with Scripture. It, it just reminds us that these were real places with real people. This is the way that it happened. And so Mary's probably a young teen who has just hit the age of marriage. Joseph is probably a few years older. Uh, he's, he's, he's gotten to the point where he's, he's strong enough to, to, to work for a living. He's, he's, he's you know, old enough that he's learned a trade that will help him to provide for his, for his family. And Matthew shows us that God spoke to Mary and Joseph in two very different, very unique ways. God brought them to the same conclusion, but he got through to them on different levels. Mary had already accepted God's plan for their lives. But Joseph was more, he was more the the processor. Have you ever noticed that men and women are different? (laughs) Have you ever noticed that your spouse thinks differently than you? And that uh, sometimes God has to get through to you in very different ways. And he speaks to one person one way, and the other person might be slower to come around. And God speaks to the other person in a totally different way. And this is what happens here. In this text, Joseph was was more the processor. He needed a little more time, and his experience was very different. But in the end, they ended up in the same place. They just took very different roads to get there. Mary comes to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Actually, Jesus comes to Mary through the Holy Spirit. She's engaged to Joseph, and they've kept their vows to not have sex before marriage. Those are still good vows to keep. I'm not saying anymore, yeah, until someone uh, ag- agrees with that. Um, those are still still good vows to keep. You can make vows before your wedding vows that will actually help you keep your vows. Huh? <laughs> you can. You say, well, no sex before marriage, that's a pretty narrow view. It's beautifully narrow. It's God's design. And I... I'm going to get off this in a second. I'm not, I'm not going to preach on this the whole morning. You're okay. You'll survive. It's God's design. It, it probably didn't hurt also that in this culture that, uh, that if you were caught fooling around before your wedding day, you were publicly disgraced and possibly even stoned to death. So that's good deterrent. <laughs> that probably kept the young people, like, not even looking at each other until the wedding day, not even talking to each other. Joseph is wrestling with what God is doing in his fiance's life. And you might have people around you who are wondering about what God is doing in your life. You might be inviting people to church and and, and, and talking to people about God and, and sharing what God is doing in your life, and they might be a little, a little hesitant or resistant or just not sure what to think. And, and Joseph loves Mary. He wants to believe Mary. He doesn't want to disgrace Mary publicly, but he, he, he doesn't know what to do with the possibility of the, of the miraculous. And, you know, he, he doesn't say, oh, 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 well, you got, you got pregnant by the Holy Spirit with the Son of God. That, that makes perfectly good sense to me. Thanks, you know, that's not how he responds. It's going to, he has to process this and, and think this through. He needs his own experience. And I would encourage us this morning to pray that the people around you, the people around you, your friends, your family, um, that they will have their own experience with God. Uh, Mary was no doubt praying for Joseph, like Lord, get through to him. Lord, help him to see that it's you. She's praying for him, like Lord, you know, sh- reveal your plan to Joseph. Praying for him, the way that we pray for people around us who are who are having it. You know, just just a little difficult to understand what God is doing in our lives. So Mary came to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Joseph comes to Jesus through the visit of an angel. Totally different experience. An angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him to go to Moncton. Wait, that's my dream. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him not to be afraid. That's also my dream. Um, but an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and says, don't be afraid. God is with her. God is with you. It's going to be okay. But many people, it's not the coming to church part that they fear. Like when you're inviting people, you might be giving out tickets for Hub City Christmas or something like that, or inviting people to, to a Sunday morning. It's not, the, it's not the getting up in the morning and going to church that they're afraid of. They're, they're afraid of what might happen if they do come to church. Not that they'll be struck dead. Not that the roof will cave in. not that you know, They're not going to get hit by lightning as soon as they walk through the church doors. But they're thinking, what happens if God gets a hold of my life? What happens if it's true? Then what? What, what will God require of me? What will he ask me to do? Where will he send me? Those, those are the things that, that people really do, do think about. So let's go back to Mary and Joseph here for a second. We've got two unique people with two separate experiences, two acts of God that bring them to Jesus. In Mary's case, it was, this is what God wants to do in you. She gets gets, uh, this visit from the Holy Spirit. And what's happening in her life, this is it, Mary, this is what God wants to do in you. But with Joseph, it's a little bit different. With Joseph, it's this is what God wants to do through you. The visit of the angel represents this is what God wants to do through you. Mary is yielding to the spirit of God. Joseph is yielding to the voice of God. It's two different, two different experiences. Don't just be stirred by the presence of God. Be prepared to move by the voice of God. And we see this in this couple. We see this in Mary and Joseph. Mary has the, the, the presence of God in her don't just be, be moved by the, the, the presence of God. Be prepared to move. be moved by the voice of God. Don't just sit here and glow in the Spirit of God. Get out there and go in the Word of God. If Mary is a hearer of the Word, Joseph is the doer of the Word. If Mary is come and see, Joseph is go and tell. Two uniquely gifted people who receive Jesus in different ways... And both have their role in taking Jesus to the world. Mary has to overcome the fear of what God is doing in her. Joseph has to have the faith to overcome and believe what God is doing in Mary. She has to overcome the fear of what God is doing in her. He has to have the faith to believe in what God is doing. You see, some people wrestle with fear. And some other people wrestle with faith. They're both, both, we all have our different experiences. Both very, very real. Okay, let's look ahead here. Verses 21 through 23. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. What Matthew does here, this, this text, is he, he, he references the present and the past, and he gives us two names, two distinct names for God's son that have two distinct meanings. In the present, he re- he's referred to as Jesus, which means God saves. The actual translation, the actual meaning of the word Jesus is God saves. So in the present, Matthew refers to him as Jesus, which means God saves. But he reaches back and, and he quotes Isaiah. He kind of he ties in this, this Jesus with the whole grand story, God's plan from the very beginning. And he reaches back and he grabs these words from Isaiah and he uses another name for, 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 for Jesus, which is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So we have these two Two very different names, two unique names, and two unique meanings for Jesus. Jesus is what he does. God saves. Emmanuel is who he is. God is with us. Back that up. Jesus is what he does. God saves. That's the meaning of the word. Emmanuel is who he is. God is with us. It's it's the power of God. And it's the presence of God. And you can see it in Mary and you can see it in Joseph and those two very unique, distinct um, ways that God spoke to them. Ways that they came to to faith, really, in in following Jesus. And you can see it in these two unique names. It represents the power of God and the presence of God. And we need both of these things to be active in our lives. We talked about the power of God last week. Jesus as a source of light, the power of all creation. I mean, you could use this as a, as a commercial for, for, for Duracell batteries or, or something like that. It's all the power of, of, of heaven, all of God's power, all the power of creation. Everything, every ounce of heavenly energy was poured into the person of Jesus Christ. He embodies it all. He has it all. He's the total package. He's everything. He's, he's delivered through this young virgin girl named Mary into a very dark world. And he's come to be our source of hope. And when you are drawn to this light, Jesus, when, that, when the light goes on and you see Jesus for who he is, and you're drawn to Jesus Christ, you're drawn to that, to that life, he fills your life with his light. And he drives out all of the darkness. He is the hope of the world. And like we said last Sunday, there is no darkness, no evil, no despair, no situation so broken that Jesus can't fill it with his light and redeem it and restore it. No one has sinned beyond the reach of his grace. No one has wandered beyond the stretch of his love. You've not gone too far for God. You, it's, it's just not possible. He's limitless. He's beyond compare. He's the savior of the world. He's here right now. His name is Jesus. He is the one. That's, that's the power. So Jesus is what he does. God saves. That's the power side. It's the power of God. But Emmanuel is who he is. God is with us. That's the presence. And you need both. You need the power of God and you need the presence of God. Because salvation is more than just a moment. It's more than just what God does for you. At the end of this service in a few minutes, we'll give folks an opportunity to 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 experience what we mean by salvation, to to take that step of faith and and make a decision. to invite Jesus Christ to come into their lives and be Lord of their lives. We're, we'll do that again this morning. But it's not just that moment and what happens in that moment. It's, it's about the rest of your life as well. He's all-powerful, and He's all-knowing, and He's all-present. He's Emmanuel. Yes, He came to save the world, to save us from our sin, but He also came to dwell in us. And when you accept... That's good news, Yeah. When you, when you accept Jesus, it's it's much more than just a a decision that you make. It's it's much more than just a, you know, a flip of the switch in your head. You don't you don't just, you know, agree to Jesus or or make you know kind of all right. I, I think I think I'm there. It's much more than just a decision that you make in your head. You literally invite. The presence. Now, remember all those things I said about the the power of all creation. You invite the presence of the living, holy God to dwell in you. I mean, talk about mind-bending stuff. But this this is true. This is what we mean by being filled by the Holy Spirit. He's Emmanuel. He wants to permeate our premises with his presence. A lot of Ps in that sense. He wants to permeate our premises with his presence. It's the presence of God that guides your heart. It's the presence of God that controls your tongue. It's the presence of God that protects your thoughts. It's the presence of God that that leads you, that that guides you places where, where you can be a blessing to others. God's presence in you is that is your unfair advantage over the world. You are not left unprotected to be to be snatched up by the enemy. You are a warrior. You, <laughs> you, are, you are more than a conqueror. You are a spirit filled, holy ghost infused, filled up. Fired up, powered up, overflowing, Christ indwelling, sin defeating, Jesus shining, child of the Most High God. That's who you are. You <laughs> just tell Satan. You don't know who you're messing with. You, you, you picked on the wrong person. This is not your day, and this is not going to end well for you. You just, you just, you just know who you are, and you just, you just say, hey, 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 hey. I am not just some person who made a decision. I am someone who has the presence of the living God inside of me. I have an unfair advantage over you because greater is he who is in me than you who are in the world. What can overcome us? Nothing, nothing. You and Jesus make a majority. His name is Jesus. He saves us from our sin. He is the power of God. His name is Emmanuel. He is God with us and in us. He is the presence of God. And when you have the power of God and the presence of God in you, you can do what Mary and Joseph did. You can hear and obey the voice of God, just like, just like that young couple did in Nazareth. You can carry the message of good news to the world. You can have faith in God even when it doesn't make sense. You can trust God even when your family thinks you're crazy. You can do the unexpected and the unexplainable. You can overcome your fears and trust the plans of God. You know, we've got it right when we say that Christmas is all about the presents. We're just spelling it wrong. Get all the presents you can get. Just spell it right. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. And when you say Christmas is all about the presents, it is. It's it's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to permeate every speck, every ounce, every inch of your premises with his presence. Presence. Get all the presence of God that you can get. Well, we saw last Sunday that John did something neat in his in his book, the Gospel of John, where we were last Sunday. Um, he he used book. He used um, uh, brain dead. Gone. What, what do you What do you use to hold up books on a shelf? Bookends, bookshelves. Those, his very opening thoughts and his very closing thoughts, his last thoughts, are, are very intentional. They tie together. I wonder if Matthew does the same thing. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Matthew says, teach these new disciples. We've got a lot of them here at Bunton Westland, and we're teaching them. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. Here it is. Here's Emmanuel. Here it is. It's the power of God and it's the presence of God. Be sure of this, Jesus says. I am. Say those words out loud. I am. I am with you. I am with you. Even to the end of the age, he's Emmanuel. He wants to be with us. God is not against you. He's for you and he wants to be with you. don't just be stirred uh, by his presence be moved in his power. let's pray together. Lord again this morning we I thank you for your word we thank you for your word and uh, Lord as i as I wrap up this message and pray this morning I just I just sense in my heart, Lord, that uh, there's a lot of struggle going on here in our congregation, a lot of wrestling. Uh, Not sure entirely what it is, but even felt it as I was preaching that the enemy does not want this church to move forward, that the enemy does not want people's lives to move forward for, for there to be answered prayer and Miracles and breakthroughs and and salvations and baptisms and victories in this church and uh, God, I just want to speak against that right now, and I just want to say in the strong, strong name of Jesus Christ that no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper, and that uh, we believe, we believe. We believe in the power of Jesus Christ, and we believe in the presence of Jesus Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, uh, we invite you. We invite you uh, to just stay in this place and soak over our lives this morning. And Lord, would you would you open our hearts? Would you help us see if there's any areas there that that need to be revealed where. We need your presence, and we need your power in our lives. Lord, for those here this morning who have never uh, taken a a public step, a public stand, uh, they've never made that decision, where they know for sure, for sure, for sure, that they have opened up their lives to you and simply said, Jesus, I believe you're a God's son born born to mary and joseph and in the same way that they had to wrestle with their faith wrestle with fear uh, lord i wrestle with those things this morning and i've come to con- the conclusion that you are god's son and i want to invite you into my life and so lord i pray that you'd be with anyone here this morning who's who's making that decision for those of us lord who simply just need more of your presence. In our lives this Christmas and uh, going forward, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, hear these prayers, answer our hearts cry as we worship you together in Jesus' name. Amen.